What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Oh, you know what time it is. It is time to Jets right here on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is you happen to be listening to the podcast right now. And I do appreciate you doing so. Please make sure to subscribe so that you will be able to see as soon as these episodes are posted. And of course, please do leave us one of those one of those five star ratings and a comment that, you know, we all appreciate over here. Me, my boy Duke, and everybody else that he keeps the lights on for and keeps the food in the belly for. So we appreciate y'all for doing that. Keeping eyes coming to the uh, Time to Jets podcast here because that's what it does. Those likes, those subscriptions, it helps us to continue to get eyes onto the podcast. So I appreciate you all for doing that and for helping us keep this thing going over here off of the uh, off the ground floor. And of course, please, please, it's another Sunday. I get it. Everybody's getting mentally prepared to have to sit down and watch another Jet game here. Guys, I'm here for you. And you know what you got to do in order to reach out to me, right? At Zoobeard77, that's Z-O-O-B-E-A-R-D-7-7. On that Twitter machine, hit me up before the game with your pregame thoughts, postgame. What did you think during the game? Let me know what you're thinking, guys. I'm here for you. I'm here to reply to these tweets. I'm here to, you know, try to uh, try to get you guys through the game because I'm going to be doing the same thing myself. So I understand where you're coming from as a Jeff fan, guys. So please do hit me up on that Twitter machine. Let's uh, let's interact over there. And of course, the uh, the best tweets post game are going to be read on the post game podcast. So please uh, look out for. My tweet after the game asking for uh, what you guys thought about the performance today. And uh, like I said, the best replies are going to be read right here on the podcast after the game, which you can, of course, find on the same feed that you are currently listening to. So uh, I'll catch you all in about, you know, five, six o'clock with that one. <laughs> Appreciate y'all once again. But without any further delay without any further i mean i guess talking about it we have a game today and wow it's been it feels like forever since i've said that and that's it's kind of kooky for me because it's only been about two weeks so i need to uh chill out a little bit two weeks shouldn't feel this long for me but alas here we are coming out of the bye week and is there any more perfect opponent to play than the Patriots after a bye week? And is there any better way to play the Patriots than up in Foxborough? I mean, uh, this is this is perfect scheduling for uh, the Jets right here. And by perfect, I mean absolutely terrible and awful kind of uh, scheduling for the Jets here. I mean, this is about <clears throat> the biggest challenge that they could have coming out of this uh, coming out of this bye week. I mean, yes, you're not playing Tampa Bay. You're not playing Kansas City. You're not playing Green Bay. I get that. But you're playing a team that you have already gotten destroyed by, dismantled by, that disgraced you 
on your home opener this season made your rookie quarterback look about as bad as hopefully he will ever look in his career. But who knows if that's true or not. You got another game this week where that opportunity is there once again. But this, I mean, this Patriots team made made you look terrible. And Rob Sala, as a coach, as a human being, as a professional, should feel some type of way about coming out this week and having the opportunity to play the Pats coming off of the bye week. I mean, pe- people, this is the opportunity that I think you want to see Robert Sala and this coaching staff succeed with. Um, actually, I don't think this is what you want to see. There's a chance here that you can come out and rewrite the script of what week two was. Now, are you going to completely make up for crap in the bed and looking like a pathetic piece of garbage in your home opener and losing the fans that day? And, I mean, Zach Wilson just looking like a complete and utter mess? No, you're not going to completely erase that. However, you are going to be able to get people to turn around. You're going to get people to say, okay, you know what? There's improvement. That's marketable improvement. How do you do that? Hopefully you took the bye week seriously. This offense has to get going immediately. This defense, there's a lot of things they need to do, and I will get to it throughout this entire podcast. But they're big in this too. But let's start out with a little bit more of a micro focus on the offense, and specifically... Zach Wilson, and I've been talking about how this offense needs to get going throughout the entire week so far, but it all starts and it all finishes with Zach Wilson, so today, what I need to see is Mike LaFleur setting him up in situations that work for him, so typically you hear people saying when a quarterback's having some troubles or you want to establish confidence with them early, you'll hear people say, oh, make sure that, you know, you hit quick, quick routes, get them a couple of early completions, and they see the ball get caught and just, you know, progression, and that'll help them, you know, ease into the game. You can't do that with Zach. Zach, those throws for Zach aren't easy. Coming out of the pocket, five yard out, that's not easy for Zach right now. So you know what? Get him on the run. Get him throwing the ball on the run. Like I've said, how many times, uh, Mr. Lefleur? But anyway, let's get that going. Throw the ball downfield, and let's get moving immediately. There have been too many weeks that have been lost to poor game planning and not putting Zach in the proper situations to succeed. Now, obviously, Zach has also done his fair share of messing this thing up also. But you have to make sure you are playing to your quarterback's strengths when you are running an offense. We just came off of a bye week. This is time where, as coaches, you can sit back and go, all right, what's working, what's not working, scrap some of these things that aren't working, add some plays in that we think are going to be able to work with this offense going forward. Then you put it in. You give it to your quarterback, you give it to your offense, you have them run it a few times, 
throughout the week, get used to doing what they're doing, and they come out and they're supposed to be ready to ball on Sunday and make those changes. That's what the bye week is for, and that's what you're supposed to see out of a bye week. This this opportunity for LaFleur is a massive one. If if this team is as anemic as they've looked throughout the first five weeks of the season offensively, then they're going to continue to fail. They're going to continue to lose. Zach is going to continue to regress as a quarterback. And by the end of the season, you're going to be looking at the Jets having another top three pick, which is probably going to happen anyway. But they're also not going to have their quarterback in the future, and they're also going to be looking to replace an offensive coordinator. So this is a massive, massive game for both Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur. So, Mike, call the right game, and Zach, get yourself into good situations. Throw the ball. Just throw it. Stop thinking, stop overthinking, and just get the damn ball out and hit your receiver. And if you don't have anyone, throw it out of bounds. Throw it out of bounds. As hard as humanly possible, throw that thing into the crowd. That's what I want to see, Zach. Be smart with the football today. That's the job of this offense. Because last time, we saw four interceptions versus this Pats team. Four. Which, I mean, two were on the first two passes of the game. So please, please, let's not do that again. Let's make smart decisions. Let's call smart plays. And we should be able to see a much better Zach Wilson today than last week. And, I mean, honestly, last last time out. But... Every week out this season, for the most part, as we have dived into throughout the course of this season. And I mean, I'm, I'm going on and on and on about Zach and LaFleur and how they're going to be so vital for this offense. And obviously they will today. But the most important thing that I want to see out of this offense and outside of Zach not throwing four picks, which I don't think is too much to ask for. I don't think that's a lot to ask for Zach to have one interception or less today. I don't think that's a lot. But the way that you're able to help do that for him, if you're LaFleur, is you look at that last game and you say, what what worked really well? And I think you're going to get the answer of running the damn ball. Get Michael Carter the ball 15-plus times in this game. Get Ty Johnson the ball. Try to get him the ball 10-plus times in this game and see what you're able to do with that. See what you are able to develop off of getting the runs going. Hopefully, wow, I just said getting the runs going. That's that's kind of gross. But um, <laughs> from getting the run game going, and hopefully, hopefully, if you do that, if you saw what you did last game, and you just continue to build off of that, this team was pounding the rock early on. They got eight yards. They got a first down on a run, which they haven't gotten a first down in the first quarter all year, I feel like. They did on a run against the Pats. And both times, they chucked the ball up, and it got picked. So please, this week around, 
if we run the ball and we're having success, continue to pound that thing down their throat because it's going to open up the secondary for Zach when you do so. If you have a rookie quarterback versus a Bill Belichick defense and you run the ball less than 20 times versus them, you're going to have issues. You're going to have problems, and Bill is going to have his secondary eat that young man up, just like they did to Zach, just like they did to Sam. And hopefully we don't have to watch it happen for Zach again right here. But the only way that's going to happen is if Mike LaFleur is in charge of this offense and this offense is ready to go and has some pride, has some pride in themselves as players, have some pride in themselves as offensive players at that, putting up points on the board, have some damn pride in yourself. This offense hasn't scored not only a first quarter touchdown, but they haven't scored any points in the first quarter at all. That needs to change right now. This is the week to make that change. You're coming off a bye. Have a damn drive scripted, ready to go, that you have practiced throughout this entire week. Have that ready to roll versus this New England Patriots defense. Make sure that you get Zach, these running backs, all the confidence they need on that first drive. You make sure you are putting them in the proper positions each time. If this play doesn't work on the second play of the drive, you need to make sure that that third play is the right call. You need to keep this ball moving. You need to get this offense going. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. Push the ball. Be accurate. Be on your game. And that goes for not only LaFleur, but everyone. It's a a team effort. It's a team failure right now. So it's a team success if it gets done. Go out and do it. The excuses are tired. The excuses are over. There's nothing else to be said. The offense is garbage. You have a chance to change that coming out of the bye. Hopefully you took that bye and you didn't just say to yourself, we're doing everything good. We just need to execute better. No, that's not the problem. The execution is part of it, but the plays are terrible. The play calling is terrible and it needs to be better from everyone across the board. This is your first chance. You have a chance to rewrite what happened and what went wrong in week two. Go out and do it. Take that opportunity. Take that opportunity if you're Mike LaFleur. Take that opportunity if you are Zach Wilson and this offensive line. This is it, guys. This is it. This is a bad game here, a game where you don't score in the first quarter, in the first half, and you end up losing this one. 29, 28 to 6, 28 to 12, 28 to 13, something pathetic like that. It's not going to cut it. This fan base, I mean, listen, we're here. We're doing what we're doing. But there's only so much that people can take before they start saying, hey, I can't waste my Sunday watching this game. I can't I can't give up and uh, uh, you know doing errands and going places with, you know, my 
my wife, my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, friends, whoever it may be, you know, I can't give up the opportunity of seeing these people just to sit around and watch the Jets not do a damn thing because that's the problem. You're not seeing anything right now. No growth, no success, nothing. It comes down to offensive execution. And the number one point of emphasis this week, I think you know what it is. That would be score first quarter points. You don't give them back. (laughs) So please put together a drive and let's score some points early on and get the ball rolling and get some confidence for an offensive unit that, for a lack of anything else, has been downright just atrocious, just atrocious through the year. So coaching staff, players, you got a lot of pride to put on the line. Go out there and make it happen, okay? Enough is enough. But that's another thing coming out of a bye week. You're going to get judged a little harsher if your team plays really, really poorly or makes the same mistakes that they had been making prior to it. So when you look at Robert Sala, this is his first true opportunity or true test to see what he's made of as a NFL head coach. I mean, your team has started the season, has started your era off as the coach of the Jets about as bad as humanly possible. You are one and four. Hmm, Not great there. You are ranked in the bottom three in all major offensive categories. Again, not very good. Defensively, you've been playing very, very good. You have guys stepping up who aren't supposed to be, and you have guys in the secondary who haven't given up touchdowns all year. So there is some positives to hang your hat on on the defensive side of the ball. However... This defense isn't exactly shutting people down in terms of scoring, and that's because, I mean, and you're not going to change this because it's a fundamental um, trait of a Robert Sala, of a San Francisco defense, essentially, and that is bend, don't break, which I, I love because it sets you up, it gives you a little bit of a cushion and you're able to play around with, but it also... It also leaves you open for what happened two weeks ago in London to happen again. And what do I mean by that? I mean, when you play with massive pillows or blankets, whatever you want to call it, for corners in coverage, it leaves room for short passes to be completed at high rates and high efficiency. So that leaves you with people like Matt Ryan, who in his case is a veteran quarterback, former MVP stud of this league who looks around and says, wow, you're just going to give me five, six yards, seven yards every single time. And there's not going to be a person even close to, to, to tipping this ball or making it be a tough catch for the receiver. I mean, you're going to take that 10 times out of 10. I mean, there were, there were throws in that game that Matt Ryan was hitting guys eight yards behind the first down marker, and nobody was touching that receiver 
until he was about two yards, three yards from the first down marker. That is just unacceptable. You can't have that happen. You can't have that happen over and over and over again. That's the problem. So, while this bend-don't-break defense is not going to change, this secondary coverage has to change at least slightly. And it has to change this week. Because, I mean, I get giving young corners that room against a vet like Matt Ryan. You don't want them to get completely just torched and looked made to look like imbeciles out there. Because they're not, and that's just a poor confidence builder for young players. So I do understand that in the London game, it ends up biting everybody in the ass at the end because, you know, the Falcons went on a drive and secured the win. But I'll live with that. I'll live with Matt Ryan lighting up, you know, these young corners because they're giving him short passes. I can, I can... Now that it's over and it's two weeks behind, I can live with that. I can't live with Mac Jones completing 65, 70% of his passes today and throwing for 245 yards and the Pats, you know, score a couple tutties. Maybe he doesn't throw for any, but he's still just moving that ball, hitting the soft spots in the zone, taking everything that we're giving him because we're giving him so much. I can't have that happen. You can't allow that to happen if you're Robert Sala. If you are Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrick on this defense, you need to protect your young rookie quarterback by making New England's young rookie quarterback look just as human as Zach did in the game that they played in week two. That's what you need to do this week. You need these co- these corners to press up on their coverage a little bit. Even if it's just closing that window about three yards, maybe four yards, just bringing it in a little bit more, that's that's a big difference. You can't just let these little dinker first downs happen. You cannot allow third and 13s to happen because you guys you have guys sitting back and just playing so lackadaisical because they're 15 yards off of the ball. Like you can't you can't let that happen again. You can't let you can't let your corners be that lackadaisical. You have to have them play up because if you do that, you're going to make Mac Jones have to make throws that he's not comfortable doing. You saw it against New Orleans. You saw it multiple times this year at times in games where you have corners pressed up on a receiver. You have corners playing tight on somebody and bang, Mac Jones, no, nowhere to be seen, making a bad throw making a poor poor decision of a throw and either getting picked off or the ball gets tipped and bang, bada boom, three and out. That's what you need to see from this defense today. They need to make Mac Jones not only look human, but look like Zach Wilson did in week two, which is pedestrian. So a, a bigger task and a lot to kind of ask of these corners, which they haven't done so far this year, but I think it's time to do it. You're coming out of a bye. You've seen that they can do their job well so far. Give them a little more. See how much more they can do. That's what you're supposed to do with young players. You're not supposed to say, oh, they're succeeding right now doing this specifically. Let's not push them any further. 
you're supposed to continue to push that envelope until you see what exactly they can and cannot do. Otherwise, you just have a bunch of guys who can play 15 yards back on a pass and make a tackle in the open field. And honestly, when you're that far off at a ball, you might not even be in the open field because you might have six guys that end up coming together on the ball after the dude picked up 20. So, eh, whatever. Get a lot of hats on the ball, give up 20 yards. Eh, I guess that's a good trade-off, right? Nah, it ain't. <laughs> but what I'm try- the point I'm trying to make is anybody can play defense that way. Maybe not me and you, but anybody in the NFL can play defense that way. We need to start seeing if Bryce Hall can do more. We need to start seeing if Michael Carter can do more. We need to start seeing what this secondary is truly going to be going forward and where we need to make changes and where we need to make upgrades this offseason. That's the point for this defense right now. Yes, they need to be good. Yes, they need to try to win games, but... We also need to be evaluating week in and week out what we have and what we do not have. And this is a good week against a Pats receiver core that is not that great, or at least it does not, you know, it's not going to be, people aren't going to be fearing this uh, unit for the Pats. You know what I mean? You got a couple good tight ends in Janu Smith and Hunter Henry, who's been lighting it up this season, but. When you take a look at Kendrick Bourne, take a look at Jacoby Myers, those are guys that you can have. I want to see Bryce Hall all over this, all throughout the game. Make sure this young man does not have easy passes. Make sure Mac Jones cannot get the ball to dudes who are wide open one yard off of the first down marker. We need to be better than that. This defense is too good to allow that to happen this week with a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones in there. With a rookie quarterback who is getting all of this praise, who is being talked about as if like he's the, the godsend of this class, when the reality is is he's making these dinker throws. And yes, he had a really he had a ballsy throw. A ballsy throw versus the Cowboys last week. I don't want to call it a good throw because it wasn't a good throw. It was a ballsy throw that you had two guys in the Dallas secondary because Dallas's defense is really not that good. But you had two guys in that Dallas secondary that made terrible reads on the ball, terrible reads on the coverage, and just had, I mean, a gift drop in for Mac Jones. So please do not give me that garbage that, oh, he made a great throw in a big moment last week. That was great because you know what you're saying? If either of those guys, Trayvon Diggs or the safety for the Cowboys, make the proper play on that ball, you know what you're saying? What a terrible, god-awful decision from Mac Jones there that cost the Patriots a game that they should have been in. That's just... That's just the way it is, people. That's how the cookie crumbles, as they say in Bruce Almighty. Usually this is the part, though, that I say, you know, it'll be a tough task for the defense, but you got to get it done. I don't think this is a tough task. I don't think it's too tough of a task to put some pressure on a rookie quarterback and make him have to make very difficult throws. I don't think that's a tough task at all. And... The other part of the reason I don't think that'll be too difficult is because of this defensive front. I believe in them. They've looked great all year. 
averaging over two and a half sacks a game right now. It's a good start. It's a good start for the pass rush. Got to see that continue here, but I think it will use that as well to get into this kid's head. Make him make mistakes. I can't say it enough, but you got to make Mac Jones look pedestrian this week. You have to. It's vital for Zach Wilson. It is vital for this fan base. It should be vital for your players because they should look at it as, screw this guy. We have the best quarterback in this draft class. We have the dude. So let's make this guy look bad so that everybody starts respecting Zach as he should be respected. And part of that respect will be playing well on offense this week, but when you're the defense, you can't control that too much. So you go out there and you try to help him out by making Mac Jones look bad. And, you know, I don't wish negative things on people, but Mac Jones, I hope you have a terrible game this week, bro. I hope you have the worst game of your life. Four picks? Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not, just for clarification, I'm not predicting four interceptions for uh, Mac Jones this week. Um, if, if this defense can get one, I would be very happy with that. But there's a lot of there's a lot of pride. There's a lot of just oomph that needs to be going into this game for this defense. There needs to be, like I said, tighter coverage. And, I mean, you look at this defense as a whole, and they're going to be a little hurt this week. They're going to be a little bit of hurt because C.J. Mosley probably – not definitely, but probably not going to be playing with a hamstring injury, which leaves you without your Mike Backer in a big, big situation here because you finally have Gerard Davis coming back, and we're all expecting, okay, now it's after the bye week, we're going to have that Davis-Mosley duo in the linebacking core with Quincy Williams rotating in and out. I mean, I think we were all very excited to see that. And now it's probably going to be on delay for at least a week, maybe. I mean, maybe two. We'll see how uh, CJ goes in his recovery. And hopefully, I mean, I'm knock, knocking on that wood right now, baby. Hopefully he's able to go. It's going to be a game time decision. They're going to have him out there to go beforehand. So keep an eye on, you know, Jet Social Media. Uh, guys like Connor Hughes of The Athletic, uh, keep an eye on him, Brian Costello to post, great Jets reporters right there, so make sure that you're paying attention to those guys. Um, yeah, but if Mosley is unable to go, you're going to see a lot of Jamie and Sherwood, and, you know, not a guy that's had a lot of experience in the NFL, as a Mike, as a dude who is uh, the quarterback, essentially, of the defense, but a dude that... Robert Sala obviously has a lot of belief in and a lot of trust in to have him go in there and uh, be the dude who would probably step up and be the Mike for this team today. Now, Sherwood hasn't really done a ton, in my opinion. I I don't have a lot to say about him in the Mike position or because this is just a different different vibe than anything he's done throughout this year. So it's hard for me to say how I feel he's going to be able to step into this role, but to replace CJ Mosley is an impossible task. And I would hate to have to put that on anyone. So I, I feel for the guy and I don't think he's going to be able to really 
do what C.J. Mosley is able to do. So with that being said, the defense is going to take a step back. But hopefully the addition of Gerard Davis and the rotation of Quincy Williams with these guys is going to be able to help them out and make it happen. But C.J. Mosley lost there is definitely going to hurt these guys in terms of stopping the run and keeping the run on lock. But hopefully you're able to stop the pass game and you're able to make Mac Jones look pedestrian and look like a little human, like a little weak two Zach Wilson throwing a couple of picks, pick here, pick there, all flustered on the sideline. Hell, maybe we hear Mac Jones say that he's seeing some jet ghosts. Ah, uh, now, 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 we'll take it back. We'll chill out a little bit. Ooh-wah, woosah, woosah, woosah. All right, we're back, we're back, we're good. Hit me up on the Twitter, at Zubeard77. Let me know what you're thinking of this defense coming out this week and what the hell this offense needs to do because we got to score points in the first quarter. It's unacceptable to not do so again. I, I can't I can't deal with that again. I can't deal with not seeing points up in the first quarter. I don't know about you guys, but let me know what y'all think on the Twitter at Zubeard77 one more time. And, of course, you know what it is, people. We're right about – we're right at the end about to give you the players to watch for. But I just want to quickly uh, say I, I gave you the update the other day that we were looking at Gerard Davis probably playing and we were looking at Marcus May probably playing. It looks like both guys are going to play. Um, Marcus May, he said it. He wants to remain a Jet. He wants to uh, be here even with the tweets that came out from his agent a few weeks back. He uh, he says he didn't know much about that and uh, he wants to be here. I'll, I'll believe the guy. Um, he's going through a lot right now. I really hope that Marcus is doing well. I said this before. And... I'm excited to see him play because this is a dude that he's allowed to play. He's coming off of a really difficult, I mean, like, listen, he just got injured and then he had all of this DUI news come out. It's a difficult time in the guy's life. I'm expecting to see him come out and be able to ball and just think about football and just want to go and play and get back to his just, you know, just, just, just having fun. Just going out and playing a game and not thinking about all of the intricacies and all of the negativity that is life and that is, unfortunately, this time in his life. But, Marcus, I'm with you, man. I don't know if I necessarily believe you're going to be here long term, but I really hope that for the rest of this year that we're able to provide you a place to continue to grow, continue to get better as a person, to fix any type of possible issues that you might have to set you up to go on and have a career, to not just be a guy who ends up leaving the Jets and we never hear about again. I want to make sure that you're okay and you can do some stuff. And I think that Marcus is going to understand that this team cares about him, that this fan base, while disappointed, still does love him. And hopefully, hopefully he goes out there with all that passion, all that emotion, all that buildup from the last couple of weeks, and he is able to make some things happen, and he's able to step up and be that same game-changing Marcus May that can be there from game to game. 
I believe in Marcus, man. I think he's going to have a big day. And I think if he does that, he's the one who makes up the gap for losing C.J. Mosley. And he's the one who makes Mac Jones want to run back to Alabama crying for Nick Saban's teat. <laughs> but that's uh, that's just my hope for Marcus today. And I do think he's going to have that ability to step up and make those big plays for this defense throughout the day. But I will not waste your time any longer. Let's do it. Get to it. Players to watch. Week 7, Jets-Pats. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Start on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't think you need to go too much further than look at that injury to C.J. Mosley and realize there's going to be a new quarterback for this defense on the field. And that young man is more than likely going to be Jamie Sherwood. And Jamie Sherwood is without a doubt the guy to keep an eye on on that defense because he's the one holding it together. He's the one bringing in the plays. He's the one, you know, communicating all of the signals to everyone. He's going to be a big part of this team, man. You saw CJ as a veteran out there. He does things that a guy who doesn't play a lot He's able to do them. He's able to put guys into where they need to be. Tell guys, hey, step back, go in. No, you're not supposed to be there. Come up, go over. He's a he's just a mind. He's another coach on the field. So you lost that. What is Jamie and Sherwood going to be able to do to make up for that loss? How is he, how is his game going to make up for losing CJ Mosley on the field? That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm trying to see what happens. And he is honestly going to be the X factor to this game if C.J. Mosley can't go. And honestly, if C.J. Mosley can go, you should not expect him to play every snap in this game. You should probably expect him to play 50% or less. I would I would think, based off of a hamstring that we're looking at pregame, and it's probably not going to be fully healthy anyway, yeah, I don't think I don't think he's playing a ton, even if he gets on the field. So Jamie and Sherwood is your guy to watch on defense today, and obviously we send our uh, our uh, best for a speedy recovery to CJ. And I mean, like I said, that could be this week. I don't think it's going to be, but hopefully CJ is back on the field with these guys by next weekend because we need him out there desperately. He's the leader at his defense. He's the leader of his team. It's, it's hard to go a couple of weeks without that kind of guy out there with your with your dogs running things. Next up, and the most important player to watch today, in my opinion, it's on the offensive side of the ball, and I don't think I need to tell you twice who this is. That would be one QB1, Zach Wilson. And Zach, I mean, it's been a rocky road. The first couple of weeks here, Rocky Road, damn, what am I, a thousand years old? It's a terrible analogy. But a Rocky Road start to the year, and, I mean, you got to you gotta still have some faith in him. You can't give up on a young guy this early on into his career, into his first season. I mean, he's got skills that dudes don't possess. Guys can't just throw the ball the way he does on the run or off his back foot or under pressure, but he has been awful in terms of making some of the 
what others would deem easier passes and passes out of the pocket. So today, he gets a chance to redeem himself versus the team that he had arguably his worst performance against this entire year and uh, in a year where he's had a couple of bad ones. So this is a big moment for Zach. This is a big proven moment for this Jets offense. Big proven moment for Mike LaFleur. I expect Zach Wilson to come out today, and I don't think he's going to throw the ball 40 times. I don't think he's going to be throwing the ball 35 times. I think you may hit 30. I think that would be fine. But the kid's going to have a day. He's going to have a completion percentage over 60%. He's going to have himself over 250 yards, and he's going to throw for two touchdowns in this game. Why? Because this Jets team is ready for this moment. They, there is not, I mean, if they're not, then guess what? Post game, we're calling for LaFleur's job. Because you're not getting Zach Wilson out of town next week. You're probably not getting LaFleur out of town next week. But it's time to start begging questions. Enough is enough. This is the week you make things happen. This is the week you restore some faith. You make it look better. You don't have to win. You do not have to win, and I can't stress that enough. You don't have to win, but you have to make Zach look better. And Zach for himself has to look better. He needs to play better. He needs to do more. I mean, and by doing more, I mean doing less. All the talent, all the skill is there, all the ability. Go out, redeem yourself. This is a redemption week for you if you're Zach Wilson. Play like it. Play like your career depends on it because it just might. With that being said, we're almost, almost, almost at that time to hit the music. But first, I would like to give you my score prediction. For week seven, Jets and the Patriots up in Foxborough. And I mean, listen, I've given you the keys for the Jets throughout the game. I've let you know how they're going to be able to win the game. Let me tell you how I think this game is going to go down. The Pats come out swinging, but the Jets hit them with a counterpunch. And then all of a sudden, midway through the second half, you see a Jet team start to come alive and make some things happen offensively. You see Zach Wilson start to go and make some plays, gain some confidence, look like a starting quarterback in this league that can make things happen. This offense will make a couple of big plays. Corey Davis might pop up, and the run game might even get in there. But at the end of the day, you're going to see Bill Belichick be the coach that he is and Josh McDaniels be the offensive genius that he is. And you're going to see the Pats come out on top late in this one. It's going to be a nail-biter, I think. I think it's going to be a tight game. And I don't think the Pats are going to score a lot of touchdowns. I do think, however, this defense isn't going to make any changes in terms of coverage. I think you're going to see guys continue to sit back. And with that being said, you're going to have a lot of field goals being made because Ben don't break. You're going to have the team inside the 30 a lot. 
and Red Zone, you'll stop them. But they're still putting it through with Nick Folk, who, my lord, I can't believe that guy kicks for the Pats still. It kills me that he's not a Jet. But that's that's really in the past. My final score prediction for this one, Pats 26, Jets 24. Keep it respectable, keep it tight, scoring early, and scoring throughout the game, which is something they haven't been able to do either. Have sustained offensive success. And with that being said, I don't think there is very much left to say outside of please hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77 throughout today's game. I will respond to your comments, questions, read the best comments out on air, Throughout the po- the post game podcast, apologies there, a little mis uh, pronunciation or a misspeak, and um, yeah, hit us up with that subscribe and that five star rating on the podcast feed that you are listening to right now, whether that be Apple, Spotify, Amazon, whatever the feed is. Please, we appreciate you, and that'll also help you out in finding out when these episodes are dropping, literally at the time. You'll get a notification, hop in, listen to a little time to Jets as you get ready for this game or whatever it is that you are doing today on this beautiful Sunday. So appreciate you all joining me on this journey once again. And hopefully, hopefully this run after the bye week, a little post bye week run, we can make some things happen and we can have some fun the rest of the way through the season, Jeff fans. Appreciate you being with me. I'll catch you on the other side. But for right now, I must bid you adieu as it is time for me to jet. Peace.